if you can really nail understanding exactly what it is you want to achieve, then you'll be able to understand the best ways, you know, to, to move forward with it. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain What are the benefits of SEO versus PPC? What is the downside of SEO versus PPC? And how does search marketing stack up against other forms of online marketing such as social media? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask our special guest today, Cara Whitehouse. Cara, welcome to DMR. Thank you very much for having me. Well, welcome. Well, Cara heads up Reload Digital, a London-based agency specialising in helping clients find the right blend of search, social and other forms of online marketing to grow their business. So, Cara, how do you define when a client should be using SEO or PPC? Well, there's lots of factors, really, but I guess the main one that we generally focus on is is about understanding the timeframes that a client's working to. Um, you know, so for example, if if it's October and a client wants to be looking at boosting their traffic in the run up to Christmas, their only realistic search marketing option is PPC because SEO as a general rule, just simply won't kick in quick enough to get the results that they need. Mm-hmm. So so timeframes, definitely, that's that's one of the most important. Um, I, I mean, there are others as well. You know, competition, of course, is another factor, um, you know, particularly in terms of uh, the SEO side of things. You know, we have to consider how difficult it will realistically be to achieve results, you know, depending on what other players in the market are doing and, and how big they are. Um, and budgets as well of course, plays a role, you know, especially when it comes to costs per click. Um, PBC can be a fantastically profitable platform, but, you know, if those costs per click are exceptionally high and, uh, you know, I've seen £40 per click, um, you mm. know, that definitely adds a layer of risk that, that some clients just aren't prepared to take. Okay, and uh, £40 per click, I would imagine you're talking about Google AdWords there. Yes. Um, so, of course, PPC does... Um, go across other platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, anything really whereby you pay per click. But um, I think most people think about it primarily as Google and and that's probably where we work with most of our our clients. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly where the majority of the traffic is at the moment. Mm. Um, Are are there benefits to just doing Google AdWords or is it still worthwhile um, broadening yourself out and, and, and trying to appear in as many different platforms as possible? I think the thing about Google is, well, and, and, and search marketing in general is that, that it captures a demand. So, you know, a lot of advertising is about creating a demand, whereas search, if someone's already typing something into any of the search engines, whether it's Google, Yahoo or Bing, you know, they're already looking for something. And as a business, you know that you're capturing someone that is potentially a, a warm lead. Um, but, you know, people search and are inspired in different ways so I guess again it comes down to budgets but in a perfect world what any um, business I suppose wants to be doing is is both you know creating interest and then also capturing it and you know in terms of creating interest then you are looking at more of those sort of display advertising things which is you know which is more um 
you know, Facebook or, or on the Google Display Network or other forms of sort of online um, banner advertising to use, uh, I, I suppose, a, a general phrase for it. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the great thing about search is the, the, the sort of the Google AdWords side of things traditionally in, in the, the, the search results page is that you are capturing demand of people who are already looking, you know, for the products or services that you offer. Now, every so often, Google seemed to change their opinion on certain things. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, a, f- a few years ago now, probably, um, f- I don't know, four years ago or so, they um, decided that um, companies could uh, bid on uh, competitive brands. So mm-hmm. you, you could bid on um, certainly your own brand, uh, but potentially other brands as well, depending on trademark. Um, but um, in terms of your own brand, do you think that it's worthwhile for a business to be bidding on their own brand if they are number one in Google organic search for that term? As a general rule, I would say definitively yes. And, and there's lots of different reasons for it. Um, First and foremost, bidding on your own brand, as long as you don't have, uh, you know, a very generic um, brand name, you know, if you have a specific brand name, um, your cost per click will be exceptionally low. Um, And of course, anyone who clicks on your brand name already knows you, is probably already looking for your products anyway, and therefore has a very high chance of converting. So, you know, generally you will get a fantastic return on investment for, you know, for the small amount of money that you'll spend. I I think also, you know, especially with e-commerce clients, we always recommend that people bid on their own brand terms because, um, you know, it may be that Amazon or, you know, one of the other um, sort of aggregator sites is also bidding on your brand terms and you know we have clients where a lot of their business does kind of disappear off to Amazon and ultimately you know it is still um, bringing in money for them but you know they're losing a a chunk of that pie to you know whichever sort of retailer sits in between so um, yeah I, I think it's always worth bidding on brand terms especially when other people are likely to be bidding on them as well. Okay, and another great thing about PPC is, of course, is it's so um, measurable. You can actually see what is having a a direct impact in your business. And that's um, more challenging with SEO nowadays, of course, with the the lack of keyword data that Google tend to provide in in, in analytics. Um, Do you think that um, because of that, um, people are less likely to be investing money in SEO nowadays? I definitely think the bigger companies can see that SEO is something that they can't afford to not invest in. Um, but I certainly think it becomes one of those things that, it, you know, it becomes more difficult to justify. Um, we, for example, had, had a, um, a client that we were doing, we've been doing SEO with for a while, and we could see that their um, branded search was actually falling whilst their unbranded search i.e the things that we were doing seo for was Mm. was rising um but you know overall it looked as if organic traffic as a whole was falling but we could see that sort of the seo side of it was growing as you said now with the lack of keyword data it's very difficult to prove exactly what you're you know what, what results you're getting with seo and i think you know often the smaller companies therefore find it a harder thing to justify it's it seems more risky um so you know definitely it has slightly changed um i think the way that people approach seo i think seo used to be seen as a bit of a magic bullet and it's um you know it's it's certainly becoming a different beast and 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 in many senses a harder one to really you know prove an roi on 
Okay. And um, what about search marketing as a whole um, compared with other forms of online marketing like social media? Um, is search still worthwhile the majority of a business's focus or are there other forms of online marketing that um, are starting to become more appropriate um, to perhaps be spending your marketing dollar on? I think you know, it's an obvious way to answer the question. I think it really does depend on the business. But, you know, as a whole, as I was sort of um, saying earlier, I think, you know, a lot of the thing about search is that it captures demand. You know, a lot of other things can be used to create demand. But, you know, ultimately that capture of demand, assuming that there is already, you know, interest in a product or service out there, um, it does mean that, that, um, you know, whether it's SEO or PPC, search marketing generally, you know, we often find it is the, the the platform which gets the best ROIs and, and really drives those short-term results. You know, if people have financial targets, if people have, you know, specific timeframes that they're working to, then, you know, search is something that you can see results within a relatively short space of time. I think things like social media, inbound marketing, some of those other things, you know, it is a slow burn and it's not to say that they're not important and it's not to say that it's not going to, you know, grow the credibility of a business in the long term and consequently grow, you know, its sales and, and um, you know, keep customers coming back again and again, you know, that there are lots of other platforms that, that you know, that, that sort of um, add to a business in different ways. But I think in terms of, especially when we have clients that are saying they need new customers and they need to grow their bottom line, um, nine times out of 10, we will point to search because that is what we're still seeing is really, you know, delivering results that, that are quantifiable. And, you know, in, in most cases, you know, it, it is actually driving the return on investment for them. Right, okay. So going back to SEO, I mean, I remember optimizing sites back in 2005 or so and um, building a couple of links from different article <laughs> directories back to a site and, hey, presto, this um, yeah, webpage was number done. one on Google. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so it's slightly different now. Um, obviously, Google's algorithm has changed quite a bit. Um, but um, as we mentioned earlier on, of course, um, measuring the success of SEO campaigns has changed quite a bit. Um, but what do you think has changed the most? Um, has it been Google's algorithm um, and SEO, what makes successful SEO that's changed the most? Or has it been the fact that um, you just can't measure it as well as you used to be able to do? I think, you know, what's changed SEO most in itself is is definitely Google, Google's algorithm. And and I suppose, the, if you, you know, if you think back to when Google started, it is, it's a search engine. It is trying to um, you know, deliver results for people who are looking for an answer to whatever their question is. Um, you know, so so way back when it was it was quite simply, uh, you know, pulling its results based on on what content each website had. Um, now, obviously, as, as as things went on, as more and more people launched websites and as SEO kind of became, um, you know, a, a discipline in itself, there became lots of ways, I suppose, you you could say cynically, to game the system, to, um, you know, to improve your rankings and improve your results, perhaps even though you weren't necessarily really the, the best site out there. And I suppose, you know, each time Google's gone through and changed its algorithm, algorithm, it is, you know, to an extent to try and weed out the 
the sites which really shouldn't be at the top of the search results. They're really not great websites. They've just got there through a lot of technical bits and bobs that, that you know, that, that someone's done to kind of, um, to give them those good rankings. So, mm. you know, SEO has kind of, I think now really come full circle. And, you know, as, as you said before, it used to be about building some links, doing some technical things. Um, you know, these days it's sort of come full circle back to that core of content, um, and I think SEO these days is there's still the technical element. Of course, there is, um, you know, and link links are still important. But but what sort of sits at the, at the heart of it is, you know, is that content that you create and is is being relevant and useful to, um, you know, to people who are looking for answers to, to their problems. And, um, you know, and it, it, it does mean that actually Google's trying to you know, if you create a great website and if you've got great content and if you're sort of marketing that content effectively, that is all going to lead not just to direct traffic coming from links and referrals, but also, you know, to ultimately improving your standing in the eyes of Google and, and you know, and your, your rankings consequently. And of course, there's different types of search results now. It's not just text-based search results. There's Google Universal search results. There's images, there's videos. Um, yeah. there's, there's other elements within search results um, marked up uh, with rich snippets, uh, recipes and things like that. Um, so um, businesses have to be thinking about um, optimizing lots of different aspects of their site to actually try and appear for that. But also, um, a lot of people commonly refer to YouTube as being the second biggest search engine in the world now. Um, yeah. Do you have any clients that are actually asking you about optimizing videos to be appearing you know, as high as possible on YouTube for certain keyword terms? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we do a lot of video optimization and it, it is both within YouTube itself, but then also, you know, sort of uh, on the on the site, like you said, in order to try and get those sort of thumbnails which are in the search results um you know that the sort of ways in which we we work with both of those because exactly as you were saying you know the the results now are varied there's there's the images the videos all of those different things and there was some eye tracking research which google just quite recently put out actually comparing how we uh, sort of look at a results page now um, compared with 10 years ago. And it, it used to be very much concentrated on, you know, those top two or three mm. results only. And now we, we scan the page a lot more because, you know, because we see the, the local listings. We see, like you said, the cinema times, the review stars. I um, you know, there's lots of different things that pop out of the page. And so you know, SEO wise, we're, we're looking at all of those different things. And video, you know, is definitely one of them. So we look at how that's working, you know, within the website itself, and how we can optimize that. But, but definitely across YouTube as well, you know, looking to make sure that those videos can be found, as you said, within YouTube, which is ultimately a, another massive search engine. Mm. Um, I haven't actually seen those um, eye tracking results. But um, I, I, I'm also a little bit wary about what Google published as well, because um, <laughs> it's I, normally quite self serving. I suppose. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what they're very protective of, I think, is um, letting anyone know what the average click through rate is for um, different um, positions. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of studies have been done in the past by um, independent, independent companies. And um, there's been some leaked data in the past as well, but n not a lot of recent results that have shown things like, well, some companies saying that um, position number one gets about 25% click through and number two, it goes down and going down. But um, 
yes, you know, it, it must be changing because the search results are, are being mixed up quite a bit. Um, Definitely. But, and, and sorry to interrupt, I was okay. going to say ultimately that they're personalised, you know, increasingly mm. as well. So, you know, what I'm seeing at position number one might not be the same as what you're seeing at position number one and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it, it's tricky to understand exactly what, the, you know, what the truth is there. But, um, but it's interesting to see the trends of the way you know the way things are moving i guess yeah i mean uh, as a whole um if google are encouraging people just to focus on producing great quality content then that's not a bad thing at all for a great user experience mm. Exactly. And I, and I think that's exactly it. You know, you look at all of the sort of webmaster guidelines and it, and it always points back to saying if you have a great site that people spend time on, um, you know, enjoy using, um, come back to again and again, then, you know, you will be rewarded for that. Um, and they're really, really trying to discourage these sort of, you know, quick fixes, which I suppose the, you know, those those the, the worst SEOs out there in the market have been sort of relying on for years. Yeah, no, that's not a bad thing for anyone at all. Well, apart mm. from the worst SEOs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses on your thoughts on where digital marketing's been and, and where it's heading in general. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Um, I definitely think that would have to be Google Analytics. Um, mm. As a free tool, it really is just, you know, it's incredible. It, it sits at the heart of everything that we do. It, it, it informs our strategies. It tells us what's working, what isn't. Um, it, yeah, you know, it, it is It is just a, a, an absolutely brilliant tool and, and it would significantly change not just ours, but I'm sure many, many people's businesses to, to not be able to see that data, you know, at the click of a mouse. Mm. I, mean, I mean, it's a it's a bit of a beast to get into, and I would imagine it might be quite hard for a single business owner to actually um, not be completely overwhelmed by it. But um, it's important just to at least get the tracking in there to begin with. And so Google's collecting data, so at least at some point in the future you can get in there and, and start analysing it. Exactly that. Even if as a business owner you don't know how to do it yourself, you know, whether it's maybe an agency that you use or a friend or, you know, something that you learn down the line, if that data's all there, then at least it's being collected and you can see those trends, how things are changing. Um, you know, it's it's all dropping in. Now, a slightly more challenging question, what software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've possibly meant to try at some point in the near future? Hmm, yeah, good question. Um, I'd say there's a couple of things um, that, that you know, that are sort of on my radar. Um, Infusionsoft, mm. uh, sort of inbound marketing, lead nurturing software. Uh, that's one of the things that we're looking at for, for ourselves and, and for clients. Um, and I was talking with someone just the other day about Hitwise, um, you know, and the amount of sort of market data, competitor data that you can glean from there. Um, you know, definitely that's something with some of our our larger clients that, that we're looking at, um, but alas, currently not being able to benefit from. <laughs> mm, trying to marry up big data with little data. Yeah. <laughs> it's only going to get more of it, yeah. Absolutely. I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? I think... You know, in in terms of my uh, my personal experience of of you know being hands on with an online brand, it it would be 
you know, getting that strategy in place from the start. I think there's a real temptation to just drop in and out of things and see what works and never quite see things through. Um, you know, having a strategy in place from the start, understanding what's needed, what timeframes you're going to give things, what budgets you're going to give things. I think that's really important. Um, from from a um, uh, from from an agency point of view, though, I, I would also add, I I wish you know, in the early days, I've been brave enough to say to clients. I hear what you're asking for, but I really don't think that's what you need. <laughs> but you're um, wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, it's, it's really easy to go away and say, okay, we can do that. That's, you know, that's a project that we can absolutely, you know, knock out of the park and money that we need. And that's great. But, you know, those long-term relationships that you'll build with clients by actually, um, you know, telling it to them straight, I think you know, there's, there's a huge value in that. So, yeah, mm. that, would, that would kind of be a second one. Yeah. You, you, you be kind to someone in the long term, but in the short term, it's, uh, it, it's not being so nice to them. But it's, it's exactly. for a greater good, yeah. <laughs> so moving on to... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut's reaction. Ready to mm -hmm. go? Yep. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Uh, video. Affiliates or display advertising? Display. Facebook or Google Plus? Ooh, Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? One-on-one -on -one relations. Paid search or SEO? Oh, it depends. Can I say both? <laughs> I, I'll ask again at the end. <laughs> Email contact form or telephone number? Uh, telephone number. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social subscriber. Local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. And paid search or SEO? <laughs> paid search, I think. Yes. <laughs> so, moving on further to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? So... I don't know if this is a slightly cheating answer, but content, um, I definitely think that's where I would spend my money. I think, you know, there's lots of brilliant platforms and tools that you can use and we're using a lot of them. Um, but ultimately, you know, as we were talking about earlier with SEO, content now sits at the heart of everything of, of your website, of SEO, of social media. And actually, if, if you can build amazing content, then you can do so much more with everything else. Um, you know, and Content takes time to put together. It takes time and resource, and um, you know. And if you don't have that time and resource, then you have to pay for it, and it can be expensive. Um, so yeah, if I had ten thousand dollars, it would be some videos, some infographics, and you know, some fantastic content that we could then take and market with all of the other platforms that we use. Okay, and would the would that content be published directly on the client's website, and then you'd actually be driving traffic to that, or would you publish it elsewhere? I think it'd be a combination of both. So, you know, when we're both for ourselves and for clients, we look at what goes on to, you know, the, the core website, but then also what we can use as part of outreach as, as what we can use to try and gain traction with, you know, with bloggers or with other um, other businesses out there. I think, you know, you, you need to, to, to think about both. And, and again, it's, it's about um, thinking about the different places people might be on the web and the different types of things that people might be looking for and trying to, you know, sort of cover as many bases as possible, I suppose. 
And finally, in relation to that, um, what are the main metrics that you would be looking at to measure whether or not that content marketing campaign was a success? So, I mean, ultimately, everything that, that we try and do is is about, you know, that, that sort of bottom line return on investment. And so, you know, for us, we'd be looking at inquiries, conversion, sales, whatever that sort of conversion is. But but then also, you know, more widely visits, links, time on site, you know, are people finding that content interesting, um, you know, coverage and or, uh, you know, any sort of other PRE elements that, that might extend from it. I think it's, you know, really a sort of wide question of of engagement, because ultimately, you know, that's that's where you need to start with people before you can convert them into a, a sale. My number one takeaway. Well, Cara, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? So I think for me, you know, it's very much about thinking first and foremost about the business objectives. You know, what are you trying to achieve? Um, What does success look like for you? And, And what are your timeframes for achieving it? You know, and I think once you start to get you know, genuine answers to that, rather than thinking about the the tactics. You know, thinking about what 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 the objectives and strategies are. Um, you know, once once you've got those nailed, you can then start to understand which is you know whether it's SEO, whether it's PPC, whether it's social. You can start to then you know marry those objectives up with the most effective uh, marketing. Um, you know, sort of platforms and and tactics that you can use and I think you know if if you can really nail understanding exactly what it is you want to achieve then you'll be able to understand the best ways you know to, to move forward with it. Wonderful well that takes us to the end of our discussion today thank you so much for your time your focus and your willingness to give back what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Um, so our website uh, www.reloaddigital.co.uk you can find out all about what we do and how to get in touch great stuff well thanks again no problems at all thank you digital marketing radio